so grateful, so thankful to recognize the infinite intelligence, the perfect love that is our very essence and nature. It is the thing that unites us. It is the thing that we are. We are grateful that we are one. We are united. And we have the same goal. We're partnering up with the higher Holy Spirit self for the purpose of remembering and recognizing our perfection, our wholeness, our freedom. So grateful and so thankful that we can recognize the truth about ourselves and each other to celebrate it together we're letting the past go we're surrendering the resistance and the reluctance in gratitude we shared the benefits with everyone because we're one with them in gratitude we let it be and so it is amen 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 Yes. So it's interesting. Uh, one of the things that I uh, noticed uh, was, for instance, in the year two class yesterday, is that the folks in year two who were uh, participating in the challenge, which was most of them, that 5D challenge that I did, it stirred up a lot of stuff for people, and they really wish to have a space to talk about it. So I'd like to just check in and see where people are. Uh, is Have you had some uh, ahas, some revelations, some insights that you'd like to share and discuss? Have you come to... Uh, as some of the people did in year two, they were like, okay, now what? I have some of these insights. I'd like to uh, know what's my next step. What do I do? So um, if you are in that space, yeah, I'd love to know what's going on with you. Rosalind? Yeah. So um, for me, it was very profound, and this is not a new topic for me. Um, it was one of the things I specialized in as a therapist, uh, eating disorders, addictions. Um, so I've done all that work on myself and I uh, can't say, I mean, I have to say I, I got very far in it in the sense that I don't do those behaviors anymore. Um, but if you go to the subtler place um, of... Um, uh, not diagnosing. I didn't have anything that was diagnosable, but there were still patterns going on that I found disturbing. And um, I thought that I figured out anything there was to figure out because I spent so many years on the topic. Uh, but there was one insight that has made a huge difference and that I didn't, I had never seen. And that's that when I feel controlled, and I might not be, you know, to anybody else's idea. It could even be my schedule. That's how, in a way, it started. Like, I'd work all morning, and nobody was controlling me. But at lunchtime, I didn't want the lunch to end because I had to go back to the schedule. And that was me, you know, creating that schedule. Um but it was a trigger, you know, feeling controlled by someone or something or even myself. 
And the other big aha, well, there was one more about that because I connected it to God in the sense that if I surrender, that is not being controlled. So following God's will, I was able to open that up to this is a different, this is, this is not control, this is another whole channel of my being. And it feels good, and I'm willing. It's me opening rather than closing. And then um, the other the other big thing I got was that judgments. Anybody's my judgment against anybody or anything would lead to those behaviors, mm. um, and that the reason that I was able to have some success with my weight and no longer be an obese person is somewhere along the line I got that judgments as far as even diets, like this food's bad, this food's good, you know, this is have some of this and none of that, that that wasn't going to work for me because it was, I didn't understand that it was the same thing that was causing the eating was those judgments. So more judgments and being stricter, even though it would always work short run, a diet would work, you know, for a short time, that wasn't going to be the answer. So non-judgment and kindness and, of course, the way you say it, love, um, is the only healer. So those were my big takeaways, and I feel like they're huge. They are huge. They are they really are. And I, I'd like to see about repeating some of them back to you because I think it's such a great depth of perception that you have uh, because you've done so much on this and you've helped others so much with this. And um, that awareness that even the feeling that uh, it's time to go back to your work for the day uh, after lunch and you don't want to go, you want to rebel against it. Mm-hmm. That I wondered if you could talk just a little bit more about that because I think that's really helpful because a lot of people in this group are retired or they're not working in the traditional sense. So I think we can, I for sure can relate to that. And I'm definitely working in the traditional sense. So yeah, can you share a little bit more about that particular thing? Well, I don't know if this is helpful, but I, I could talk about the opposite. Um, so the last few days, now that the memorial is over for Melissa, all the memorials and the people are gone, uh, rather than go back to my activities, it wasn't even an insight or a mental decision uh what I allowed myself to have was no schedule at all, kind of clearing my schedule, not even going back to my hobbies. Mm. Um, and, and just discovering what my own rhythm would be, what um, watching the judgments appear when they were unfair, like, one day I hadn't slept well, and the next day I took a nap, and I found myself afraid that I would nap every day. Like, 
why would I, you know, where does that come from? Just some kind of crazy fear that without a schedule I'd be lazy or, or um, it just was unfair. And I could see the next day when I had no need for a nap and was did all kinds of things that were nurturing, but there was no need to self-medicate. And it, it was giving to myself getting used to Melissa not being in the world in a way that really nurtured me. Somebody else might need to be with people, but I'm kind of an introvert. And so having the time to be alone without a schedule is the opposite of what I would do to be productive in my schedule that would that I would resist. So I don't know if that's helpful at all. Yeah. Yeah. And it it makes sense that it would really come up because this, there is a, a real turning point when all the passage of life things are done. And it may not be that you've gotten there yet, but each one can seem like a, a milestone. So it can be there's a funeral, there's a memorial, there's a cleaning of the house, there's these different mm-hmm. passages that... Mm-hmm. You know, there's going through the correspondence, there's finishing the will, there's, you know, executing the state or all these different things that um, are another level of what to the ego personality is finality. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I mean, most of the things are done and, and her estate will probably be done at the end of August. So um, if there's more to do, I don't actually even know what it will be. So the big things are already done. Right. Um, And I just love that it felt so loving to give myself this time because time is, as a self-preservation person, time is just the biggest gift. Um, And I, I like that it didn't revolve around food or you know that I that I liked it because I could see that there's something more loving than these medications. Mm. Mm. And that that I didn't go to my three wing or my five wing. You know, I, I just stayed with spirit and had each day see what would unfold. And they were all different. There was no, there was no um, having to have a pattern. There was no, you have to exercise and then you're free. No, that wasn't in there. I was just free. And it was, it, was, it has been lovely. I'm so glad just to know, Rosalind, that you're being that tender with yourself. Mm-hmm. Can I add one more thing that follows your class on intuition from Monday? Yes. Um, so just uh, if anybody wants to, to listen in, uh, Jennifer's year one class on intuition was wonderful. And uh, what, 
on the day of Melissa's birthday, which was last Thursday, she would have been 40. And uh, I got a letter from her. Um, you know, I go on the computer and I, I say something like, how, how can I do your birthday without you? And then I get answers. Um, and she told me the night before that if I would be open to it, the day would be different than eating cake together, but it would be an amazing day. Um, and it would be as joyful as any day could be mm. that the world tells me I have to be sad, but um, there's no need for that. And so I had cleared my schedule and I kind of thought I would paint in the afternoon, but I got this very strong intuition that felt crazy to me, which was to get an eyebrow appointment. <laughs> and it was like, you know, I don't really actually care that much about my eyebrows. The hairstylist had mentioned, you know, you could get this eyebrow thing. And I I cared enough to follow, but I didn't care that they looked better, and I didn't care that much that they looked worse. It was just something that I didn't quite understand why I was even doing it. But there was a post-appointment that you're supposed to have. I could have had it any day. And it was like, no, do it on her birthday, which made no sense since I was clearing the day. But it wouldn't go away, this intuition of, like, make the appointment with her that day, the person. So I do what I say. Well, it won't take that much of the day. I'll just go. I don't understand. It feels crazy. But so I go, and I say to the person, that's an interesting painting. Does it have a story? And then she talks to me for the entire time, the, the juiciest conversation about art. She was the painter of that painting, and she's talking to me about resins and materials that I didn't even know about and how she worked with this material and that material. It was the juiciest paint conversation I could have had, and if I had said, where can I go in the world to have this kind of juicy, stimulating art conversation, I would not have known where to go. So it looked like I was going for eyebrows. So then later that day, I, I do paint, and there was a box in that room that I saw when we came back from uh, Florida. And we'd done some remodeling in the house. And so I thought it was, I opened the box. It was a beautiful wooden box with art supplies in there. And I thought, well, some somebody who was coming back to do the door, it belonged to that person. But I never asked the supervisor of the project. And um, I just went on putting things away before the Camino. And I haven't thought about the box on, in my art studio. So finally, I said to my husband, do you know anything about that box on my table in the art studio? He says, no, I don't know anything about it. Well, then I'm thinking he was taking, carrying things in from Melissa's house, and maybe he didn't pay attention. He just thought, you know, art things, I'll put it in the art studio. And then when I was painting that day, I looked again inside this box, beautiful, pristine 
things in there. Some of them I didn't even know what they were because they're very advanced materials. And I had thought, well, maybe Melissa was going to take an art class, and so she bought these things. But when I looked and saw how advanced they were, I realized that I believe now that the angels had Melissa buy that because they were buying a lot of things. And they delivered it to my room so that I would actually look at it on her birthday. So it was between the eyebrows and the art box. I'm like, okay, invisible, bring it on. Yeah. So it takes us off subject, except intuition, following your intuition, leads us back to your your syllabus for Monday's class. Yes, and it also, it's a, a very beautiful demonstration of, or illustration, we could say, of how meaningful and valuable it is for us to follow our guidance. Because there are gems for us all along the journey. And for so long, spirit would nudge me this way. So, you know, like, do this, don't do that. And I would just say, I'm going to do what I want to do. You're not the boss of me, literally. And I missed so many things, I'm sure. Sweet, sweet things that would have been such a deep comfort to me or a delight to me, like you're talking about here. And the, the thing that I finally recognized was, girl, why are you praying for guidance and then pushing it away all the time? So I started to pray to follow the guidance, not to pray for guidance, because I realized I'm getting guidance all the time. I don't think that's going to stop if I stop praying for guidance. The thing is to pray, to listen to it, to follow it, to be obedient, and to go back to what you were saying in the beginning, Rosalind, to, to surrender, that we make the choice to surrender to our own higher power and will why so we can be happy so we can be fruitful so we can be helpful so we can get on with it mm -hmm. so big full circle right there mm -hmm. i love when that happens mm -hmm. so potent and the other thing about schedules that you were asking about i think we have a false idea of where our good or our peace or our joy is going to come from and the idea of being productive in a certain way. Um, you know, I think that that leads to, uh, especially for retired people, filling up their calendars with all kinds of things that are healthy or whatever the judgment is. And for some reason, they don't lead to the kind of joy and peace that they're looking for with, um, I think there needs to be a different, maybe surrendered way of doing a calendar that's not punitive, that's not out of judgments or fear. Yes. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, and the surprise for all of us, I think, would be how productive we actually end up, but it's coming from a different place. 
and it might yeah. be a different kind of productive. Well, and that's, you know, one of the things that people say to me all the time is they're like, oh, my God, you get so much done. You get so much accomplished. And I think that's a big part of it. Um, there are some times when I take a lunch break and I don't feel like going back to work. But I really look at how I feel in that moment. If if Sometimes I can't. Well, I've got a class now. And I'm, I'm really clear. I love teaching classes. It's not a burden to me. Uh, sometimes I feel tired and I, I recognize I could use a rest. But that never leads me to feel like I don't wish to do class. Seriously. I, and I've noticed that if I don't feel like doing a counseling session, um, and I think, and I have the thought, yeah, I, I think I don't feel like that. The person will cancel. I don't even have to cancel. They will cancel. And I never, that's why I don't have a cancellation policy. It's just like, if you cancel, I have free time. That's fine for me. <laughs> I can go do something else. And that's fine for me. I, I don't, because I'm not, I'm not making my living as a counselor. It's no more money for me or less money for me because I make a salary from the ministry. Um, but if I, you know, if I was depending on that money to pay for my tennis court or to, to pay my bills, that would be different. I'm sure I would have a cancellation policy. But and I never had a cancellation policy. I have to say, even when I didn't have any money, I just had enough to get by. I didn't have a cancellation policy. And also if people said, all I've got is $5, I'd be like, let's do it. Let's do it. My, all my sessions are $500. So you've got five that it's a five. Let's do it. You know? um, but when there are times I don't feel like doing whatever needs to be done, sometimes I just say, yeah, I'm not doing it. That's not what I feel like doing. I'm not going to do it. So it depends on, and I think that's healthy. Mm -hmm. You know, there are times when I, I don't feel like doing it, but I know it's really, I would like to have it be done. And now is the time to do it, even though I'm not in the mood for it in the moment. Mm -hmm. I allow myself to feel that feeling and then I make a decision of what I'm going to do. I don't like to go, I have to. I have to. I'm sure you've all heard me tell that story of I have to, that my um, my friend, she, uh, she and her wife um, had five daughters, four were adopted. Mm -hmm. And um, those four girls, they all had the same mother. They have the same mother who was, um, who put them up, to, into the foster system. She was a drug addict. And so these two women, they, they adopted all these girls and who were really sickly when they got them, but they all became wonderful athletes. Mm -hmm. 
and um, to the love of their moms and um, spirit, of course. Well, anyway, so they all became athletes who were running track and playing soccer and swimming and doing all these things. So on Saturday morning, the mom would take them to the track and they would all run track together. And there would be other people running track. And so they were sitting there putting on their shoes and getting ready to go out onto the track. And one of the girls said, well, I guess it's time we have to go do this now. And they were just kind of lagging on that Saturday morning. And the mom said, you see that guy out there doing laps in the wheelchair? You don't have to run laps. You get to run laps. He can't run laps. You can. You don't have to. You get to. And that story has always stayed with me. So if I ever feel like, oh, I have to do this now, I think, no, I get to. I get to. Or I can decide not to. But I don't have to. I don't have to take out the trash. I don't have to go to bed. I don't have to do anything. Mm-hmm. I get to do everything. Mm-hmm. And if I don't feel like doing it now, then I sh- can do something else mm-hmm. or make or change my mind or make a decision. That to me is spiritual sovereignty and spiritual maturity. Mm-hmm. And it only comes from loving myself enough to recognize and honor how do I feel in this moment. And, and what I like to, to add to that is for, for a four who can be very indulgent of what they want uh, or don't want, it has been very helpful to me to go to the surrendered place because what does spirit want here? And then it takes me out of my personality of what I feel like doing at the moment, which might not be my highest good because I, I, as a four, I'm, I'm going to be very in touch with my feelings. So it feels like whichever is your least used, uh, skill or asset is the one you might need and that I needed the surrendered place. Like, Oh. Yeah, I'm supposed to go for the eyebrows. I don't really want to. But, yeah, that's where I'm supposed to go today. Yeah. Yeah, that level of knowing is so – that's the surrender. Mm -hmm. Yes. It's so Mm life-changing. And especially I'm watching myself evaluate the guidance in the intuition, and that's trouble, too, like – I could have easily said that makes no sense to go there on Melissa's birthday and I would have missed out. Yes, exactly. Mm -hmm. So I'm trying to watch that part of me that evaluates spirit's guidance as though I'm the higher authority. Yeah, me too. (laughs) Me too. That, that is a place I'm still learning. And here's the thing that, that, I can tell you has been the the breakthrough for me is I can't find it through reasoning. Trying to evaluate. 
because my personality was very analytical, very evaluative. You know, this, this is what I value is being able to be smart enough to figure it out, to be able to discern who's good, who's bad, who's right, who's wrong, the judge, 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 mm -hmm. judger. And so I developed that faculty so much that was where I, I rely upon my judger was wh where I got to. And so when I really made the switch in that surrender, which I talk about in Finding Freedom and less so in Masterful Living, but I really reached a place where I said, God, take 100%. Don't let me hold anything back. Don't let me do it. If I'm trying to hold back, show me, let me know, let me see it, feel it, so I can make a higher choice. So now it's really just I can feel there's an energetic difference between what my personality might be perceiving or wanting or needing or craving or rejecting or whatever it might be that's going on with the ego personality and what my spirit is guiding me to. So I, I feel it. It's an energetic difference. It's a vibrational frequency difference. And um, the only way I can really describe it, it's, it's so difficult to describe, but you could say that it's like if you were going to evaluate colors, you could see, oh, this brown has more white, Notice the difference. Mm -hmm. You can just tell there is a difference and you become astute enough, just like uh, you're all moms that I can see right here, right now. So it's like you can tell the difference between when your child says, I don't want to go, and and uh, versus, you know, <laughs> I don't want to go. You know, there's just even a slight subtle difference that there's, they're tired or there's something going on why they don't want to go. You just don't, you learn those very subtle, subtle differences that to um, a non-invested observer, you wouldn't be able to see them, but you become so attuned to them, that vibrational difference. Well, and you wouldn't have done that um, five day last week if you were in charge of, When's the best time to do that? There you were teaching that other thing. You were going, you, you ministers and the people coming and preparing, and you couldn't have been busy or doing all your classes. And right then, Spirit says, do it. And, and it was phenomenal. Everybody who did it thought it was. There was nobody saying it was just okay, you know. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, I'm, I'm still so pumped from it. Um, and what was awesome, too, was that, Linda and Angela, they did all those breakouts and all those. Um, and I, I'm not aware of one person complaining that I they was were great. They were great. And, uh, and that's also helping to lead the ministry in the direction of there are many teachers in this ministry, not just me. And I, I really feel that so strongly and I'm so happy to see it unfolding yeah happy that people are enrolling in corinne's class and 
John's going to offer a class coming up next month. So John Mundy going to do another class, a couple more classes this year, probably. So, and I'm really looking forward to others in the ministry teaching a class. Have you, Rosalind, ever wished to teach a class on the Enneagrams? Thank you. Yeah. And uh, I've already asked Sue if when the time comes, she'll do a class on sacred ceremonies for those who are going to be learning to be ministers and to perform weddings and christenings and funerals and all that. So we'll move into that. Sue, by the way, she does, how many weddings do you do in a year? Oh, let me unmute you. Let's see. Right right now, about 30. There you go. I used to do more, but I'm, I'm kind of um, leaving my schedule less crowded. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm curious, do you have any sense off the top of your head, Sue, how many weddings you've done? In your life? Oh, my gosh. No, I didn't keep track. No. I did keep track when I was in the ministry uh, because I kept a file on everybody. Right. Uh, but uh, And I, I have files. I could probably um, figure that out. In fact, um, I get, you know, I always ask for a, a review and I think there is something like 700 requests that I made for reviews. And I only have 220 reviews that actually came back. That's a lot of reviews. Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. So more than 700 weddings. Oh, yeah, that's in the last seven years. Okay. Just since you started collecting reviews. Mm-hmm. There you go. Expert. <laughs> hmm. Does anybody wish to share anything on, anybody else like to share on these topics that we're talking about here? Anybody have any other ahas from, got it, Joe. All right. I trust you're having a great vacation with your children. Yeah. Anybody else have any ahas from the challenge? Yay, Joe. Glad. Yes. Great phone work. Keeping you in our prayers. Kareen? Can't unmute you. Sorry. Yes. Um, I'm not going to say an aha per se, but it, I just see how everything is just working in me and allowing me to be more 
quiet and listening and and following guidance. Um, and a small example of that is Nalani. Um, she's turning 18 tomorrow. That's my granddaughter. And um, last week, I went to send her the little teddy bear that I had made with Stephen's clothes. Um, I was gonna. I decided I'm gonna mail it out to her. And um, I figured, you know, there will be 10 days. She'll have plenty of time to receive it. And the lady at the post office says, well, you know, um, for two days, whatever, you know, it's only a few cents more and it's you can track it and everything. I said, well, two days is going to get there too early. <laughs> but I said, OK, you know, I just listened and I just said, OK. So now I'm because I'm I know it's going to be there in two days. I'm trying to verify with her. And she has a problem with her iPhone, and she doesn't have it now. She's supposed to get it tomorrow. So she's just using phones on and off when she can. So when I texted her and I asked, did you receive the package? She never answered that question. Ah. But she did answer something. And then I left her alone. But I was wondering in my mind, you know. And then the days are passing, and I'm like, wow, should I call her? Should I check on? You know, but I just... Got just to leave it alone. And then I had the distractions of the classes and other things to do. And I just let it go. And finally, yesterday, she called me and she said, um, yeah, I did receive the package. And and I cried so much because it made it real. You know, it was like when she saw it, it was like, oh, wow. <laughs> and she was like, that was for her like a finality, you know, like to realize that really he's not there. And, and, um, and I guess that's why she didn't call me, you know, all these days she had to, she likes to call me when she can talk to me. <laughs> and I guess maybe she couldn't talk or whatever, but she was, she sounded so good. And she said, yes, I really love it, et cetera, et cetera. And then we talked about it because it was 1990 and she didn't figure out, you know, how old he was at that time. I mean, she figured it out, but she thought it was a high school thing. But it was actually elementary school T-shirt that he had at graduation, and his name was on it along with all the people in the classroom. And anyway, we talked, and um, I was sending her some money, and I told her that, you know what, I'm not going to be able to send you money anymore because I'm having problems with my teeth, et cetera, and I'm, I'm, I'm borrowing money now to work on myself. She says, oh, Grandma, you don't have to worry about me. She says, take care of yourself. You know, I mean, she was like really just nurturing me now after she went through her little thing. And I thought that was so beautiful. I was so grateful for the way that she received that from me because I was feeling a little guilty that I'm not going to keep sending her money, you know, which I know is is not necessary too, but still it was just a a very liberating and very, it was a gift that I received from her that she's so grown and she's so, that she was able to have her moment based on the gift that she received, you know, that she had her moment and then she got over it and then she called me and talked to me and gave me a gift after that. Mm. So that was a beautiful thing. And I think all of those things, I'm, as I'm listening more and I'm just following guidance and not trying to act to do things too much that I'm more able to receive, you know, from spirit and and guide and accept the guidance. I'm really I'm really practicing allowing and accepting a lot. I mean, at home with Hans, there's many different examples and things that I'm just 
it's almost like I'm just observing also, you know, all the things that are happening and how, and how I'm just adjusting to all of that. And it's, mm-hmm. it's a good thing. So, so I know, and I know it's a result of all the things that we're reading, all the things that we're sharing. And, you know, I just know that just being there and participating is, is, um, is having, um, is helping me to benefit from everything. So thank you. Yeah. You know, a couple of things there. I, I so appreciate the sweetness of your relationship with your granddaughter. Uh, I, my grandmothers were so important to me and, um, one thing I I immediately wondered is, can we see a picture of what you made out of your son? The oh, it's not me that made it. Actually, it was made for me from oh. from a lady that works in the hospice um, thing that I volunteer in, and that's her contribution to hospice. And when I found out about it, I said, oh, really? I didn't know that. Can you do one for me? And she said, sure. And I said, you know, I, you know how, will, how much is it? And she said, no, the first one is always free. So she said, just give me the, the material and I'll make, I'll make it for you. Wow. I said, thank you. So she made it for me um, a couple of months. That I received it just before I came to your retreat. He was in the car with me. I mean, he was in the car, listen to me. <laughs> The teddy bear was in the car with me <laughs> wow. on the way when I drove when I drove to the retreat in October. That's when I received it exactly the day before I left. And I think I may have a picture somewhere, but yeah. So I received it. So I had it for a couple of months, and now I and now I just felt it was time for me to just pass it on. Mm. And so I went, like you said, sometimes you just get a feeling or something, and 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 that's what I decided to do. And and that's that. So, but she's, um, she's, 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 you know, another thing. I'm not very much, I don't approve of everything she does. She told me, but she, but, but I'm very grateful that I'm able to receive and not judge anymore because right. she, she senses that enough of that in me to tell me. And she told me she smokes marijuana <laughs> and she quit high school. I mean, there's not, it's all not rosy, but I, I've just accepted and turned all these things over to spirit and just did not dwell on them. And that's that. And there's the little teddy bear. I don't know where to put it to see it. Let's see over here. Oh, yeah. Ah. <laughs> and the names are, the names are right along. I mean, it's, it's, there's too much sunlight, I guess, for you to see it, but. No, we name, saw it. We saw it. Yeah, his name is, um, is on the on there and it says on the bottom it says class of 1990 on the bottom so it's cute (laughs) yep so that is that yeah i think other people might like to take take advantage of a service like that um that's a great i just found out i just found out because we had a meeting one day and and different people volunteered and different people came and this lady was there and so we got introduced to each other and this was her this is her contribution to the instead of going to visit patients she makes the teddy bears when somebody's passed she offers the service to the family members that she will make um 
something for them out of the the clothes clothing of the beloved yeah that's beautiful yeah i'm also going to mention something that just because it came to me um lori gifford when she came to the spiritual counseling retreat in 2016 one of the things she learned about from me and from the ayurvedic center art of living was about oil pulling so oil pulling is when you in the morning um first thing in the morning you rinse out your mouth you scrape your tongue and then you do the oil pulling which is with uh, i prefer coconut oil so you put a spoonful of coconut oil into your mouth it melts if it's not already melted and um you swish it around for like 10 15 minutes and it is so good for your teeth and gums and when lori started doing it she was planning to have a whole bunch of dent expensive dental work and her teeth really improved her gums improved and she i think only needed a little bit of the dental work and then she had the money to go on a trip to europe and she was very excited about that So you may wish to try it. It's so easy. Spoonful of coconut oil, swish it around in your mouth for 10-15 minutes. It's called oil pulling and you can P U L L I N G can read about it online. When yeah. I first started doing it, I was doing sesame oil and then I switched to coconut. I actually have a jar of coconut um, oil but it's it's white you know because it's it's um I I actually bought that I think last year when you were doing the uh, 40 day you know wasn't it diet or something free and clear yeah and uh, free and clear and um and I tried to use it to cook with some of the the pancake and things and it didn't go really go well with me but I said well That was pretty expensive so I'll just put it in my bathroom so it's actually sitting in the bathroom corner there. Oh, I know I put a little bit in my hair once or twice. But I just left it there and it still has like about half the jar in there so so it's yeah, already there. Yeah, spray it on Put it in your smoothies. Mhm. Smoothies. Um yeah, I love to put vegetables in it. Yeah, I got an idea to put a little bit of aloe. No, the two that I had to I pulled a tooth there and it was bothering me the other day. And I kept thinking about aloe for the last couple of days, but I never went. And then yesterday I said, you know what? You're thinking about that. It's not pushing you. It's not making you guilty or anything like that, but it's, it keeps coming. So just go out there and get a piece of aloe and cut it and get a piece inside and put it on there because it was still hurting me a little bit. and i had a much better night after do, doing that you know and i'm like okay so this is i'm learning <laughs> even though it's kind of repetitive and i'm and i'm resisting i mean but i'm seeing that i'm beginning to discern more the voice to follow yeah so thank you beautiful All right, any other shares on any of these topics, the challenge listening to intuition? Jenny and then Rand. Yeah, sorry I missed the beginning, so I'm not sure um 
but it's funny because I was just having a challenge. <laughs> I came upstairs to get my phone and I just read the day. Didn't remember that it was Wednesday. Um, so yeah, I just noticed this, this challenge and I'm not really sure how to respond to it yet. Where, so my friend texts me and said, you know, do you want to go? Oh, I'm back in Ireland, but I'm away. Uh, you know, so I won't be able to see you. And I was really confused. I was like, why do you send me a text to say I'm back in Dublin, but I can't really see you unless you're down the west coast of Ireland, which isn't common for for me. Um, but I noticed this really hurt part coming up where, where in my life, I think people, or how I've felt is that people have wanted to have me as a friend or have me around but they don't want to be they don't want to be there with with me do you know what I mean so they want to have me as a friend but don't want to be a friend if that makes sense so I can feel this really I guess as I was listening to it this morning uh, I was like oh it's it's a hurt part that just as a kid felt very left out a lot of the time whenever I had friends groups of friends they would end up ganging up on me and I'd end up in this kind of victim stance. But as a kid, I didn't know any, and didn't have any skills or really know what to do with that. So I think it's partly that, but I can just feel this now, this kind of rage and anger coming up. And I was like, oh no, oh, but I know it's my opportunity for healing. And at the same time, mm-hmm. there's a real temptation to turn and, and just shove it down. So Ian was saying to me, well, what what if we go with them to the west coast of Ireland? I was thinking, oh, no, I really don't want to be in a car with someone right now when I feel really angry. And at the same time thinking, well, maybe this is an opportunity to forgive something of the past that's no longer Mm. true. Stuff coming up for healing. And so what what is the what's your intention around that? I think it's to be What happened here? So my internet ah. just dropped out and it, it came back again. So I'm not sure if you said something. I just didn't respond. I said, what's what your inten- in- intention around this? 
I think with having everything, you know, the self-sabotage week was so helpful that I'd like to turn towards it, but I can also feel all the fears of being in my family house. So I'm like, oh no, I don't want to feel this here. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? I don't want to, I don't want to look at this in this environment because I, I don't feel like I'll have the space or, um, it feels kind of, Yeah, yeah, I just have this thought that I don't want to feel my feelings because I feel like they're going to crush me, which I think is a thing of the past. Mm hmm. Yeah. So my intention, I guess, is to, which is probably why I'm bringing it up here because I was thinking it's so easy in that environment where I am right now to just shove it down and go, oh, no, no, not me. I'm just going to close the door. Um, yeah so I, I don't know I suppose <laughs> my intention is to be gentle with myself and to listen to myself I'm feeling like maybe that's a little harder for me to do right now because it's going to mean all this emotion is going to come up so I think this is extremely valuable what you're bringing up here, Jenny. And what I've seen with folks in class in finding freedom in masterful living and myself is that we come to these conclusions based on our experience. And then we apply them to life, but they may no longer be applicable. For example, in this situation, it's possible that in the past, when you got triggered in certain ways, you would go through a process of experiencing the emotion, thinking about it, working it through in your mind mentally, um, feeling different feelings, talking with different people, all kinds of things, right? Mm -hmm. And then what happens is that uh, the process is no longer necessary in the same way. It shifts and it changes. And I don't, you know, I don't know if it's your microphone because it doesn't look like it, Jenny, but there's like a scratching sound that's coming and going. I'll try mute myself while you're talking and see if it goes. Yeah, I think so. I just don't know where it's coming from because I don't see anyone else unmuted. Um, I don't know if the microphone was rubbing against yeah. someone. I think it might have been rubbing on the Thank you. Um, and this is really important for us to recognize, to cognize that we don't, like for me, I, 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 it, I can remember going to visit my family 
and being anxious and anticipating these kinds of offenses are going to have to happen. I'm going to feel this way. Uh, this is not going to be good. And having negative expectations and anticipations. And what I began to discover is that, oh, not, that those things aren't going to happen. I'm not going to handle them in the same way that I handled them in the past. That I do have different resources, that I don't get triggered in the same way, things I don't even notice them anymore. And so it's really a constant recalibration, recognizing that we're we're not we're we're moving so fast, the healing is happening so fast that it, it can be disorienting. But it's also we can have totally different and new experiences in the same environment. So what I'm hearing you say is you don't want to deal with that particular trigger while you're visiting your family because you don't feel like you're going to have the space to process the emotion. It won't be safe, these kinds of things. But maybe you can really give it to the Holy Spirit and not go through that same experience anymore. Is, is that possible? Yeah. Yeah, I guess I was, I was sitting there on the couch and all these things are going up in my awareness. It's like, oh. Because uh, I feel like there's a shift in my, where I think the self-sabotage really shifted it. There's a, a shift in my experience of spirit within me, if that makes sense. Where I'm like, oh yeah, I can, that's, like it's, it's like, it's like it's slightly more inside than outside. I, mean, I don't even know how to describe it. Yes, totally, totally. Yeah. My intuition went from feeling like it was out here and then I was reading it or perceiving it or recognizing it in my aura. And, and I can remember somebody asking me a, a long time ago, how do you get your intuition? And I'd say, it's like the words appear here outside me in the field uh, around me. And I'd say it, sometimes it seems like words, sometimes it seems like thoughts, um, but they're out here. They're not out there anymore for me. Everything is in here now. It's not out there. It's not in my aura. It's in my awareness. And I, I, perceive because I don't know a hundred percent but my strong sense of it is the reason why that shift happened was because of my willingness I was willing to own and to recognize this is my thought my belief my perception my feeling my intuition and I, I can have a direct relationship with intuition yeah. So it went from being a factor in my experience or in my environment to being within me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's a different orientation 
And because it's in me, for me, it doesn't feel like I don't have to say to it, no, I don't want to do that. Because <laughs> there's no separation anymore. It is me. I do wish to do that. I'm on board. I'm obedient. I won't say it's 100%, but it's, it's really, it's up there. The, the vast majority of the time, I'm grateful for the intuition. I'm definitely following it. I'm not fighting it. Yeah. And, and when we visit our family, there is that, it can feel like oh, we're back in those old sticky patterns, those old spider webs. But we don't have to be. Did you want to say something, Kareem? Yeah, I don't know. As soon as Jenny said what she said, right away what came to me was like, Freedom, you know, like opportunity to be free of this old pattern. Let's get rid of it. <laughs> you know, because I, I had a little experience recently. The last few days, Hans has been very negative. Oh, my God. It's like attack, attack, nonstop, what I was perceiving. Uh -huh. And and we were going to go to the movies. And, and it's almost as though he was trying to. I don't know if it's because I was attending a class, you know, in the in the computer or what, but it was gonna be totally messed up because of the way he was acting. And I heard myself saying, I'm not going. You know, in my mind I'm like, I don't need to why am I allowing myself to take all this stuff from him? I don't have to. I don't have to go to the movies with him and whatever. But but I realized this was from the past, that it was a way for me to just retreat and not you know, not be in his presence while he had all this negative energy. And I decided, okay, I'm going to go. <laughs> I'm going to go anyway to the movie with him and just see what happens. And, and I changed my mind and I went in the car with him and he had dropped. I mean, it's like he's transformed from one personality to another completely. And the movie was beautiful. I would have missed out in the movie. It was a really beautiful movie. <laughs> And I came home and I was still feeling a little bit of like, I want to get back to him or something, you know, some kind of, but I realized it was just being undone in me. It's coming up, but at the same time, I'm dropping it, you know? So it's like a lot of feelings that have been coming, but also just recognition of the old pattern and being willing to just not go there anymore because it's so liberating to just okay, once I face the fear or I face the anger or whatever it is that I'm facing, it it leaves, you know? And so I just wanted to share that because that's what came up to me. It's like I really felt a sense, oh, my goodness, Jenny's going to be liberated if she chooses, depending on what she chooses. And the choice is up to you, of course. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's great. Mm-hmm. Yes. Rand, is you what you wanted to share related to this at all? Okay. Because what I would like to do is do a short breakout on this very topic 
of processing feelings, listening to intuition, uh, going back to the old environment and being able to have a new experience. So it could be a new experience like Rand. It could be a new experience with your wife, Kareen. It could be a new experience with your husband in the same environment. Um, and giving examples of seeing how the old, let's harvest some examples of how the old entrenched patterns have changed and where can we hold the space for another entrenched pattern to change. Does that make sense? One pattern that's already changed and another pattern that feels very stuck that we'd like to to have change. And maybe for you it doesn't feel that stuck, but it does feel like it, you'd like it to change. And Joe, I know you're you're not sharing, but you can just listen. And uh, let's uh, so let's do um, just a a twelve minute breakout. And then we'll come back and, and talk about what you were going to raising your hand about. Okay, Rand? Any questions? All right, I'm going to unmute everyone. Here we go. Sue, do you see the thing there? I see you is frozen. There you go. Any any ahas? Jenny, was that helpful to you? Yes, super helpful. Yeah, I guess I was sharing that one of the main things I'm the entrenched pattern that's shifted is isolating that I no longer am isolating myself and um, that when I feel really bleh, you know when the stuff's kind of up at the surface is usually where I'm going okay now more than ever even though I maybe don't want to or feel like it I need to reach out and that's a huge like huge like massive shift in my life and the part that's entrenched is kind of the fear part that was coming up there. Like, you know, can I trust that this is my new reality? And, you know, the fear kind of wants to infiltrate that and say, you know, no, you can't, you still can't trust it. You know, no, you still can't trust it. You still can't trust it. Even though the world is reflecting and I'm reflecting to myself. Um, you know how many yeah just that the relationships are, are shifted the changes are really present so it's it would just be denial of mm. something that's that's there based on hanging on to fear so i think that there is there's an opening there i don't think i don't think it's that entrenched that it's rigid you know but i think it's um it's been present. That's been a, a lens that I've looked through for a very long time. Mm-hmm. 
Yes, we, we are so identified with the lens that sometimes we can intellectually know that we can let it go, but that's different than actually feeling it and realizing, oh, now I can let this particular lens go. Now is the time to let it go. Mm-hmm. And it's not intellectual anymore. Freedom. Yeah. It's so related to what Rosalind was saying about surrender. So related. Was that at the Uh, beginning? Oh, yes. That was at the beginning. So Rosalind was saying that she she had this awareness of the difference between, uh, and, and I'll say it my way, and then you can add if you'd like, Rosalind, that, there's a difference that between saying uh, I'm going to give in, give over to God's will. And no, my choice is to surrender because I see the wisdom of letting spirit rule. So there's collapsing into surrender. And then there's the choice of surrender, which means I, this was my choice. I am choosing, I see the wisdom of surrender and letting spirit lead me and guide me. Yeah. Yeah, that's so helpful. I feel like this class has been like a bridge for me. Like I was on the edge of going, eh, I'm in this, okay, now I've got a challenge. I've got a, I've got a real choice here. Do I go back into the old? Or yeah. Or do I make a bridge? And it, it, it just couldn't have been any more of a perfect moment to, um, to come on and, and yeah and share yeah yeah beautiful well i'd like to uh go to what rand had raised his hand about before so i can unmute you there rand you know uh it's when we're getting the time and it's probably a lengthy discussion So I think I'll defer it for another time. All right. As you wish, I'm... Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Sue? Well, um, I didn't take the self-sabotage classes, but um, (laughs) um, in our last community call, Rosalind mentioned that, um, you know, that when these things come up from the past and you have all this emotion um, just whirling around inside and and you don't know what to do with it, um, that she said that the shortcut that she found in this class was that when that's happening, you're, you have a judgment either against yourself or somebody else. And if you just let it go, it's a story, as Kareem reminded me, that you don't have to go through all that turmoil. You just let it go. And, um, and, and that 
is, you know, is a, a wide open space for something new to happen. Indeed. Indeed. And to me, this is very much what I'm saying with recognizing the divine alarm clock is going off. There's an agitation. There's an irritation. It could be sadness. It could be annoyance. It could be any number of types of emotions or feelings. But when that divine alarm clock is going off, it's always because of a judgment. It's always because there's a perception, there's a projection, there's an interpretation, a meaning that we've made of something. And very often we, we're so used to not stopping to look within and see what it is. So for instance, there's a sense of annoyance and it's him, he's doing it to me because he's not, it's not doing the dishes and I have to be the one that ugh, that's that the thing is him. But of course we know it's not, it's the meaning I've made of him not doing the dishes and that this means that I should do the dishes. It means that he doesn't really love me. It means this, it means that. <clears throat> and we're so used to walking through life this way without examining. And there's so many meanings that we've made like we could think on the surface it just looks like oh it's he doesn't care about me he disrespects me he's taking me for granted and that's why I'm upset but there can be all these other layers about I have to do everything and all kinds of layers that we don't even stop to examine but by not stopping to examine by still going into the emotion, we are energizing those unexamined causes of our upset, and we are affirming them by not bringing the light to them, not bringing them to the light, really. And so this is why awareness is so healing. So that's what the whole focus of the challenge was, it wasn't to actually even ask people to change their behavior, but just to recognize what's really going on, what the behaviors are, how they get triggered, what the thought patterns and beliefs are, and where the possibilities of interrupting are, what the interruptions of the patterns could be. And totally, really leaving everyone to their own desire of do you wish to take additional steps now, now that you have this awareness. So what you're talking about there, Sue, is, is so important. And for me, the realization, and I don't hear other Course in Miracles people talking about this, other spiritual teachers talking about this, I, but to me it is the mother load of God's grace and goodness that we don't have to understand and recognize what is actually occurring in our inner process. So Jenny has trained herself on some level that 
the processing is very helpful. We know this, it's true. And that the processing can take space. We need to not, we're going to be so vulnerable in that process. We don't want to do it on center stage. We don't want to do it where people could be poking us or interrupting us and bothering us or judging us and, and we're judging ourselves for needing to process maybe so that makes us feel even more vulnerable and all of this is going on. But the, the truth is we can just say something. There's some kind of pee under the mattress and I'm giving it to the Holy Spirit. I'm giving the pee. I'm giving who put it there, how it got there, how long it's been there and even the mattress to the Holy Spirit. I just like to have a good night's sleep. Holy Spirit, make it so. Because our, our higher self knows all the information. Our personality, our ego doesn't have to cognize it. In fact, it's often better that the ego doesn't because the ego will latch back onto it a lot of the time. to process and process and process things we can just let them go and that's how we can get to that 51 percent fast i mean just think how much you've shifted in a couple two and a half years or so my god And it's like not like we weren't doing any of this before. It's just so much faster working with the group, working with the spirit. Well, how about a prayer on that? So good. So grateful. We're giving all the heavy lifting to the Holy Spirit. We're giving all the perceived problems all the perceptions to the holy spirit for healing we are truly truly grateful to let the past go we're truly grateful to let any judgments any complaints any worries or concerns that are the cause of vulnerability fear worry doubt shame we're giving it all to the holy spirit for healing we are willing to have a powerful and pervasive healing we are willing to stand in the strength of love and place our attention on being truly helpful modeling powerful healing we are grateful we are thankful to join together in the love of god as the love of god for our healing and to share the benefits with everyone because we are one with them in deep deep gratitude we let it be and so it is amen 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 mm. thank you everybody i love thank you, you. so Thanks, good <laughs>